If you are interested in starting your own podcast, we use Buzzsprout because it is simple and easy to use. Buzzsprout can get your show listed on every major platform while giving you the resources for a great podcast website, audio players that can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your podcast, and tools to promote your episodes. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and that is why over 100,000 podcasters are already subscribed to Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Following the link in our episode descriptions, let's Buzzsprout know that we sent you. So in return, you will receive a $20 Amazon gift card from Buzzsprout while signing up for a paid plan. Most importantly, every subscription through our link is always appreciated and helps support our show so we can continue delivering the quality content that you guys listen to. That being said, back to the show. Hello and welcome to Comic Book Junkies. I'm Andrew. And I'm Joe. And this week we're coming at you with Batman R.I.P., our story this week. And we're going to have our topic, Fantasy Draft, Justice League members. So, you know, Joe and I are going to take turns going through the list of classic DC characters and we're going to pick and choose our favorite characters on, you know, who would be our favorite Justice League, our personal Justice League, and we can't duplicate each other's picks. So that'll be an interesting one to see how that shakes out. So, Joe, Batman R.I.P. So the reason we chose this is we read and reviewed a story about Superman passing and Batman R.I.P. is in the title, so we thought that might be interesting. It's by Grant Morrison, who's one of my favorite writers in all of comic books, and art by Tony S. Daniels. So the story takes place starting in Batman issue 676. Using the digital reader for this, it was kind of hard to keep track of which issue is what, but basically it spans over like 676 to like early 680s but i'll start at the beginning of the plot so batman is talking to the joker behind a window so they can both see each other through the window it appears that joker is kind of in custody on the other side of that window he's sitting in a chair in front of a table laying down playing cards right in front of batman they're all red and black and they're eights and aces and batman believes that the joker is trying to tell him something or give him a message that relates to the ultimate joke batman also feels the reason Joker is trying to talk to him through these cards is because he's jealous in the sense that they both believe someone is coming after Batman and this person or organization watching the Bat is someone who feels that they can do their job better than the Joker. So Batman believes it is an organization called Black Glove and he wants any information he can probe from the Joker. If you have ever seen Silence of the Lambs, it's kind of like when Jodie Foster keeps going back to the jail to get more clues from Anthony Hopkins. So that was kind of like the vibe of the the beginning of the issue. Yeah, from there, um, I mean, I thought that, you know, off rip, when they finally show like who the Black Glove is, just kind of like the ensemble of characters, I thought that it was kind of cool because it's kind of like a hodgepodge organization. You know, they're led by Dr. Hurt, who's, you know, just kind of physical description, just kind of some standard white dude. But (laughs) then like (laughs) everybody around him, though, was just kind of all over the place. Um, They had a dude with like a bucket on his head, some dude that kind of loosely resembled Bane. They had a guy that was like a Joker meets Caesar type dude and you know they had like the the mime clown looking freak so you know I thought it was kind of cool and it was very like a Grant Morrison type thing to have a bunch of weirdos kind of come together as like some elite you know circus crew yeah pretty much so I really liked that I didn't take so much notes plot wise we're gonna talk the plot but to kind of sum up the plot Batman knows he's being hunted Batman goes nuts Batman fights who he's hunting or who's hunting him it's kind of like that kind of story so I didn't take as many notes I just kind of commented on things that I like you know when as I was reading 
this story because this isn't a story that was kind of like a, oh man, I'm chomping at the bit to get through this issue kind of read thing. It's kind of like an in total, it's a good read. At the time, it's kind of like a, it's not a bad read. It's just not like, it's not gripping, I suppose. I So I just kind of tried to comment on things I did like, like getting into comics around... 2013 I reckon Tim Drake wasn't really my Robin at the time but reading this I loved Tim Drake as Robin there's a lot of people out there maybe it's some of you guys that are Tim Drake people and you know what after reading this story uh, one of the takeaways I do have is that you know Tim Drake does rule you know the way he handled himself the way he like kind of shit talked Bruce about uh you know stuff was bothering him I mean you know his dad's past and this and that but the fact like he like talks to Bruce about Damien because you know Damien was recently introduced the time and he was just like is he really your son and you know he's kind of got like that jealousy because you know his dad just got killed he's batman's like third ward and you know he's kind of got to be a little jealous or insecure that you know batman has his own biological son all of a sudden and that he's a trained killer as well so i kind of really like that his insecurity stems from that and not anything else like that his mentor is being hunted or anything else crazy like that i like that alfred knows the answer to the question about when he asks if bruce has ever taken a paternity test on Damien and he won't say because he's like it's not really my information to give you which also pisses Tim off and exclaims that the son of Satan is his brother (laughs) so I thought that was pretty cool what's interesting too is what they mention in the story is six months prior to our like introduction of Black Glove is that Batman uh, was putting himself through some weird tests to train himself psychologically. Which seems like a very Batman thing to do. You know, he's always trying to find out every way to overcome, like, human weakness and, you know, pretty much be peak human. So, naturally, you know, he's, like, immune to, like, toxins and anything that he's not immune to, he has, you know, antidotes for. He's punished himself physically in every way. I mean, he's had his back broken by Bane. He works out religiously. And, uh, I mean, we see that later. I mean, I'm jumping ahead again, but he could bench press his way out of a coffin. This dude's a physical freak. Yeah, mentally, and they're like nervous kind of for him. They're like, we know you do stuff like this, but it's just like you're kind of taking it too far. Like, we've never seen you press this hard. And he's basically like, uh, I'll sleep when I'm dead kind of dude. Yeah, which is cool. I like that, you know, this is kind of like a more classic Batman in a way, even though, you know, this was like the 2000s. But like the fact that, you know, it was just like that pre New 52 continuity where Batman was still kind of like that legend in a way where, you know, he. Speaking of which, at the end of the issue, he's like coming in after like a long day of work of just fighting street crime and there's this chick in his room and he just starts going to town on her and uh tim drake is just like he's like half in his costume and half naked like he probably shouldn't be sharing his identity with everybody or some strangers and batman don't give a fuck dude no i like that like that's something i miss about batman is you know batman is not only batman like writers nowadays like to think or like oh batman is uh the real bruce wayne and bruce Wayne is the alter ego. It's like, no, dude, back in the day, Batman was equal parts Bruce Wayne and Batman, dude. He was a playboy stud billionaire and he was the caped crusader, dude, doing detective work and kicking ass. So it's like, I like that balance. I like the humanizing Batman thing. I don't like to think that he's only a mental case all the time. And I like that, you know, he gets down with chicks. He goes and, you know, handles his business. Like, I like that take on the character. So I did appreciate that. What, Jezebel Jet? Yeah. I like that he had a hunt dude like 
Batman's a man too, dude. He's got needs and wants. Like, it's only natural, dude. He can't only take micro naps and punch clowns. Really true. After all this training that he's kind of coming out of it, everyone's a little nervous about him, and he's trying to balance his life between Bruce Wayne and Batman, and you see a better ratio here. But at the same time, you can kind of tell that he feels like he's losing his touch with Bruce Wayne and becoming more Batman. Yeah, you can definitely see that. But I mean, from here, it like really ramps up in the story. Yeah. Like, what goes down? So he and his woman get invited uh, by the Black Glove, pretty much. And, you know, every step's pretty much been planned in advance. So the Black Glove is orchestrating this whole thing. And for pretty much Bruce knows that for the most part. And then... She's trying to talk him out of retiring from Batman, too. And this is like his most vulnerable moment, you know? And he's just like, you need to hang it up. You know, you've fought enough crime. And all dude can think about is Black Glove. Right. She says, you could be a normal dude and just help out other ways. But he says, no shot. And, you know, pretty much at that point, you know, the whole squad gets jumped. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Batman gets beat up. Alfred's getting tossed up. And everyone's getting mugged. So, you know, shit hits the fan right quick. And that's when uh, Zurin R pretty much tosses up Bruce. And, you know, he kind of goes crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, from there, it kind of heads into the other issues where Bruce is in his casebook. And he's kind of pondering if the Joker really knows what he's doing doing or not or if he's just trying to like break him uh you know like it's like a twisted mental game he really doesn't know if the joker is really that like crazy to where he doesn't understand like what he's doing or if he does and it's all just trying to bring bruce down the rabbit hole and ultimately break him uh so i really like that and i do also really love too that uh when batman started he writes down that he's like i didn't know that it was gonna evolve into costume goons aliens and hallucinogens like so frequently like he thought he was just gonna take out street crime but all of a sudden he's facing like dark side and you know like all this crazy shit and a bunch of costumed freaks and he's just like i didn't know it's supposed to be like this which you know is kind of funny because like he pretty much inspired a lot of those people so it's like he kind of made his own problem in a way i know we had an episode like this recently you guys can go and listen to but you know batman's kind of the case study for you know does he really cause more issues than like he's worth and he kind of almost self-admittedly says so he's just like man i didn't know it was gonna get like this bad And, you know, I thought that was really cool because, you know, Batman's the greatest detective there is. And he's just like, I couldn't anticipate any of this. And, you know, it's just it's cool. No, you're absolutely right. Like uh, Black Glove injects him with uh, like weapons grade crystal meth and street (laughs) heroin. And he wakes up and he's like hanging out with people who aren't there kind of. And uh, he's really struggling with his identity. And so the point my boy Honor Jackson, dude. Yeah. Yeah, dude. He rules. Come on, soldier. <laughs> Slaps him up. We're about to go get some. Of the- We're about to fill up the cart with some cans. We're about to get a fucking kilo, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. We've never really seen Bruce struggle like this, and whether or not he feels like Batman's helping or hurting his life. So they did a pretty good job of messing him up. Like, not only did you know what he did to himself was kind of harsh, but like it's important that he did that stuff to him because, like, if he didn't, I think Black Glove and the Joker kind of might have had an upper hand in this situation. Yeah. No, I agree totally. I really like, too, that, you know, as it's happening, you may not necessarily know what's going on. But while he's tweaking and, you know, hanging out with the ghost of Honor Jackson, who he finds out has been dead since, like, that day. So he was not hanging out with this dude at all. That's when, like, the Batman of Zurin R really starts to pop out. And he's got, like, that flamboyant costume. Kind of looks like the demon, but Batman. Yep. So, you know, I think that's, like, a touch on, like, a Silver Age thing that went down. Yeah, and I like that Batmite was just like, uh, you probably shouldn't... uh, wear 
wear those colors because, I mean, you're going to bring more attention to yourself. He's like, bro, I made Robin do this for years and it didn't fucking kill him. So he's just <laughs> like, I'm about to fuck some people up, dude. That's what I like, too, though, is Batmite just showed up out of nowhere. In, like, a modern Batman story, I love that Grant Morrison, like, loves the Silver Age. So he has no problem incorporating all that cool shit from back in the day and modernizes it and makes it, like, relatable. Applicable. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, that might be the best time to add Batmite in, like, the modern setting is when Bruce is tripping sack. Of course, like, a fifth dimensional imp is, like... There with him. Yeah. <laughs> right in the trenches. <laughs> I like, too, that, like, while he's kind of trying to figure out, like, what's real and what's not real, Black Glove is using the Batcave as, like, their base. <laughs> Which is fucked up. Like, Alfred's, like, tied to a chair. Um, nowhere, nobody has any idea where his lady friend is at this point. And, uh, and Bruce is, God knows where, you know, hanging on by a thread, just trying to pull shit together tripping sack talking to gargoyles and then like attacking goons with lead pipes dude like i thought that was badass we find out later that like pretty much zur and r which you think is like some weird shit that the black love orchestrated or he's really just has psychosis it's like a backup like a reboot for like a soft reboot we've all been there bro <laughs> <laughs> he describes it as like an operating system like backup in case like his main identity fails yeah dude if bruce gets too tossed up zur and r batman just pops up out of nowhere, dude. When he gets too drunk at the club. (laughs) (laughs) Which I like, though. It's just like a ruthless Batman, dude. And his whole purpose is just to protect Bruce, like, specifically. This is, like, the shit that, like, Batman of Zuranar does to, like, these goons and everybody is nuts. It's, like, unhinged, like, Batman lets loose. And it's cool. I think he's just uh, a weirdo. Yeah, he's just a weirdo, dude. He's just a jacked freak. Do everything he does. I mean, you can't be normal. No, but I don't think it's he's to like the Moon Knight point yet or anything like that. Yeah. Like he's he's in full control, except I mean other than this. But I mean that's what like weapon grade meth and heroin will do to you if it doesn't kill you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that's funny. But uh we find out that like Zuranar is actually kind of used as like a trigger by Doctor Hurt to make Batman lose it. But uh little does he know that as we just mentioned, Bruce uses that as his psychological backup. So it kind of backfires even if they anticipated it, because of course Batman has a contingency for losing his own personality and that it's like OP as fuck and he's gonna beat everyone's ass. So I do also like too that, you know, while we're focusing on Bruce a lot, Tim's over doing his own thing too. He's beating the shit out of the mime and old Buckethead and, uh, you know, he's trying to get Nightwing in to help. Nightwing gets subdued, which we didn't mention, but we'll just gloss over that and Tim has to call in the lads, dude. He's like, I need help. There's no one else to help. And we're like, who the fuck's he even calling? Because he's talking to like the squire or whoever else, dude. I'm like, what the fuck's a squire gonna do? Yeah, so I like that he's got all of them to come in and they're all from overseas and they made it to like Gotham in like no time dude they must all have like bat planes and shit that was lit I like that they got like a weird like cavalry to show up and help save Bruce and you know fight the rest of the Goonies and I really do like too that like right after that uh, I think it's his name's Caligula he's the like Caesar looking dude well obviously Roman Emperor you know type shit and uh what was his name is like King something King or Kraken or something like that the like Bane looking freak I like that he said like pretty much the henchmen's are for pussies which i respect dude he's his own man dude he's gonna take care of 
business. I agree. But, uh, you know, they're pretty much getting jumped, too. And, uh, you know, things are finally starting to kind of turn in the tide of, like, the Bat Fam. But, uh, you know, it's pretty wild. It is wild. I guess at this point, Black Glove is feeling pretty good, but Batman is on the come up. He's in his prime when he's uh, in his alter ego, and he has one of the Black Glove members tied to a chair and brings out a baseball bat (laughs) (laughs) to just fuck him up. And so, like, we usually see batman is somebody who's brutal but like you said he's kind of like op batman and so at the end of this issue that happens and we get more confirmation that joker is somehow associated with black glove and uh an anonymous person from black glove goes to visit joker so he can bring him weapons and inform him that batman will be coming soon to the ultimate uh what they call the dance of death and so finally batman is kind of ready to face off against black glove yeah and like during this whole time you know batman's back they thought he was like dead and whatnot hurt is you know kind of praying around saying that he's thomas wayne and shit and that he's going to break batman at midnight in like every conceivable way which i thought was weird like why is this dude like you know tweaking like that obviously he's not thomas wayne but you know he's kind of dressed in like uh like a batman type outfit that i believe bruce's dad wore to something so it's just like why is yeah, there's a lot of moments where he kind of looks like Bruce, too, and I kind of felt like it was just Tim trying to beat Thomas so bad that, I don't know, it's psychological and weird, frankly, but the issue following basically starts off with them in the surgery room and Nightwing is strapped to a table. Black Glove is worried that the venom of the blue scorpion is about to wear off soon uh, as the dance of death is nearing and the Joker is getting excited. Um, So Black Glove is basically now waiting for Batman to break in and they feel that they're in a position to win. But when Bruce arrives, he's coming in uh, hot looking for his lady, Alfred and Nightwing, but mostly his lady. Commissioner Gordon gets in a little trouble, but uh, Rob Robin shows up just in time to save him and uh, brought his uh, mom and some friends for help. Yeah, and Batman and them are pretty much fighting now, pretty much because Batman shot him and that he tried to understand him through like drugs and all this other stuff to try and understand the Joker. And Joker's kind of like offended about that. He's like, you can't understand me. And he's just like, why do you want to fight me? So he's like, you shot me, dude, which is funny because the Joker's usually got some like stupid ass reason, but he's like, you shot me, dog. And it's just like, yeah, it pissed me off too. But, uh, you know, Jezebel's hanging out in this room and... And there's these two different colored flowers, the red and the black. And when they fall and the petals touch, a specific flower neurotoxin will be released. And obviously it's going to toss her up. So Batman like busts through, busts. And he, you know, he just comes in. He's like, gotta save my chick. And, you know, he gets tossed up by the neurotoxin, which I mean, he's a Batman is there an R and he's used to neurotoxins, but you know, shit ain't got to feel good, you know? So, I mean, you know, he's kind of tossed up at that point, you know, they're trying to bury his ass. So, you know, he's six feet under and, you know, Joker's still doing his thing. He's just snapping dudes' necks and doing whatever. Like, that was cool when the Joker was just, like, talking to the group of the rich folk that are just, you know, betting on, uh, you know, if Batman's gonna win or not. You know, will the hero persevere? And, uh, you know, Joker just comes in and starts, like, monologuing to him. And they're like, what the fuck? What's he doing here? He ain't supposed to be doing this. And then he just snaps a dude's neck. And I was like, you know, that's badass. That's a very Joker thing to do. It is a very Joker thing to do. It's like, who brought this guy to the party? Right. But kind of taking a step back real quick, I really liked the interaction between joker and batman even though like it was just based off of him shooting the joker he's like no amount of drugs isolation or breakdowns will 
ever help you understand me. So he so- shows him Jezebel behind a, like a, a window, kind of like in the beginning of the story. And Batman is so obsessed with saving her over everybody else that he breaks through this window. And when he gets poisoned by the petals, the neurotoxins start fucking him up, but not her so much. And as he's kind of like fading out of consciousness and sees the red and black everywhere, we know that she was helping Black Glove the whole time. I know this isn't what happened, but I thought what would have been a cool twist because everything was red and black is that she could have been Harley Quinn. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, instead of her just kind of being like a random Black Glove character at that point. Yeah, I thought that would have been like the cherry on top. Yeah, but you know, for what it was, it was fine. But you know, it wasn't like an emphatic like, mm, it's like, of, of course, like, I mean, I wasn't reading like the issues surrounding this. I don't know if she was prevalent really prior, I suppose. But in the self-contained story, it's just like, okay. Yeah, she's kind of random. Okay, random side chick, dude. But can't yeah, trust him. Back to what you're saying, Joker's kind of chopping it up with the, the black glove and they're kind of getting a little nervous because he's being a little weird. Yeah, dude. And he's like, Batman's going to wake you up and hunt you like the sick dogs you are. And I'm like that. He like, he, you know, he's kind of so like down the middle, like ambiguous that he's just like, you know what? I don't like Batman, but I don't really like you guys either. And he's just like, you know, you didn't really do what you needed to do. He's going to come back and get you. And you know that, right? And they're like, sure, let him try, dude. And, uh, you know, Nightwing does wake up to your point. You know, he's strapped to the table and he beats up that hunchback dude, which was sick. Uh, so I'm glad he beat up his ass. And then, uh, you know, there's like this flashback to uh, Bruce talking with the poison tea guy. That was pretty cool that while was... he's like six feet under. Yeah, that was lit. And uh, when he, uh, you know, they're sitting there and they're discussing, you know, whatever's going on. He says, I poisoned your tea. And he's like, while you weren't looking, I switched the cups. And the dude's like... <clears throat> like choking dying and batman's like yeah and you can uh he's like waving the antidote in front of him he's like you could tell your master you shouldn't have waited till i was ready and i was just like that's hard as fuck because you know i wouldn't let batman get ready if i was gonna try and fuck with him dude then uh you know i thought that that was that was really cool all the meanwhile he's six feet under he's talking about like it literally burns to breathe he's like it hurts to breathe i need to like get out of here everything hurts and he's like i don't know like it doesn't ever get easy but i can bench press 600 pounds of dirt <laughs> and like shit like that i was like whoa batman's crazy <laughs> and it was cool dude because he is just human yeah but he can do these super like human things pretty much exactly black glove is waiting for bruce to like be paralyzed under six feet of dirt and buried alive and permanent brain damage kicking in and meanwhile he bench presses the dirt above him and gets out of ground somehow like bro there's nothing you could do to bruce that would kill him no and I like that Bruce is also like petty as fuck once he does get out because he starts talking shit to Jezebel, dude. And he says the only thing that she values is this letter from her mom that she got while her mom was on death row. And he, he's talking shit to her while they're like fighting. And he says he snatched it and that she can't have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's so cool, dude. And then he's just like, I thought you loved me. And he's just like, yeah, well, Alfred taught me how to be a good actor, you dumb bitch. <laughs> he's got no love for hosts. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he mentions that too because like I mentioned earlier that Alfred's kind of worried about he's being too much Batman and not enough Bruce he's just like please dude he's just like have relationships take some time off of work and he's like matter of fact I'm gonna start sleeping less and I'm just gonna stay, start taking micro naps so I don't have to sleep for six hours and I'm never dating a chick again I'm just gonna have short physical relationships fuck yeah dude and I was just like whoa <laughs> I'm like Bruce is so cool <laughs> <laughs> He's got a good head on his shoulders, dude. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, what I do really like in this story is that uh, Damien comes to save the damn day, dude. Always does. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of Damien haters out there. I don't understand it. You can call him a brat all you want, but he's hard as fuck too, dude. He's Bruce's damn son. So, you know, he inherited greatness. And I love that he and Talia show up. And the whole time too, he's like, you know what? I just want a Batmobile. He's like, you think they'd give me one? And so he's driving around town in it and he chucks an ambulance off a bridge, driving it off the road and was Alfred? Yeah. He's just like, Damien, he's like, you know, that was an ambulance, right? He's like, so what? He's like, I could have just left you in the Batcave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I feel like Damien has the most potential to be the strongest, if not the best Batman. You know, if like the legacy character. And speaking of which, Robin, the, the new ongoing that's going on, really strong. Pick Lit. it up if you're still listening to comic book junkies. Yeah, and if you're like sad that Immortal Hulk's ending, which you should be reading, especially if you listen to us uh yeah hop on robin because i'm not saying it's the same thing but it's going to be the next best thing definitely but back to the story batman's now following her to the top of a building he's kind of about to leave or take off and he's just talking shit to batman he's just like i'm thomas wayne just some lunatic talk right and batman's not having it so he jumps on the rail of the helicopter and brings that shit down yeah dude i like that hurts up there and he's like bro if you don't get off my helicopter I already sent stuff to the media saying that Alfred and your parents, you know, that they all do drugs and they went to Epstein's Island. Then Bruce is like, suck my ass, bro. And he punches through the helicopter and takes that shit down. And he's just presumed dead, dude. He's just sitting in Gotham Harbor, dude. I thought that was hard as fuck. He's just like, I don't give a shit what you said. He says, I'm going to kick your ass. (laughs) (laughs) The Red Foreman moment, kind of. He's like, I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass. (laughs) Damn. Well, I I mean, yeah, and, you know, I just thought that was a really cool kind of fit. I mean, we obviously didn't read the issues that, you know, accompany this, like, afterwards to see kind of where this picks up. By the way, it's a digital reader, as usual, and there's some issues that follow that are kind of related, but not really a part of the story arc, it feels like. And so we read it, but it doesn't really aid to the story that we're talking about right now. So I think that would be a good place to finish the story. to cap it, yeah. I I think it was a really good... It was a good story, like, all in all. Like, when you're reading it, it's not the most gripping, like, page-turning type thing. I mean, especially if you're already familiar with Batman, it kind of sets itself up, like, in a a way you can kind of see coming. I mean, other than the Zuranar kind of couple issues. But all in all, it's a good story. I mean, I, I haven't really read anything that Grant Morrison's written that was, like, poor. So I really like Grant Morrison's writing. Tony S. Daniel did a solid job. Let's get into ratings. So I don't dislike anything Morrison has ever put out as far as writing goes, and this is an exception to that. So I really did like the writing for this story. All the characters made a lot of sense. Like their personalities really matched how I envisioned the characters. But that being said, although Tony Daniels did a good job with the art, it's not house style, but in the same breath, it's not like overwhelmingly like interesting. It didn't match the writing to me because like the way he did the art for the Joker was kind of, eh, I don't know. It seemed a little too hardcore or I really don't know how to describe it. But anyways, the art wasn't bad. It didn't take away from the story, but it didn't grip me. And to the point Burger was making, it wasn't a page flipper. It was just a, uh, it was just a good read. And so that being said, some parts are a little confusing, especially if you don't know a lot about Batman. However, it was another really good story and maybe not something I would recommend for new readers, but I would give it an eight out of 10. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty close right there with you. It's like a seven and a half for me. Like, it was good as a sum, like, in retrospect, after reading the whole thing. Like, I'm not disappointed I read it. It's not something I'm probably going to, like, reread. But, you know, like, it was a good read for what it was. And it's kind of hard to fail with, like, Grant Morrison at the helm. That was a good time for Batman. It kind of reminded me of Batman Beyond. You think so? A little bit. I mean, but with Bruce Wayne being at the at the helm. Yeah, I mean, in a way. I mean, it's just kind of like another, like, oh, a cabal of mysterious people want to kill me type deal. Um, which, I mean, it isn't bad, but, I mean, it's not like a novel idea necessarily. But, you know, the the crazy part is that he trips Sack and he has a flamboyant costume for once. I think it'd make a good animated show or movie or something it, like that. It would be a great animated movie, honest. So I think that would be good. This is kind of more of like a visual book. Yes, absolutely. And so that's why it didn't hold as strong as a comic book. But the story was really good. It's kind of like one of the times that Grant Morrison doesn't overwrite a book in a way. Like he's not trying to make you overthink like he typically does. Because usually there's a twist or a curve or like you need to read the sum of the story to understand why he did something earlier. Like most of his kind of work. But this was a very like straightforward tale for the most part. A little more grounded. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's very Grant Morrison, but it's not the typical, I suppose. But, you know, I thought it was very good. Like I said, you know, seven and a half, like not disappointed. If you're a seasoned vet and you haven't already read it, read it. It'll be decent. But if you're new, you could probably pass it and, you know, opt for something a bit more classic and a bit more straightforward. Yeah, definitely. So that's my overview of it. Sounds like Burger is done too. So the last thing we'll touch on before my laptop dies is our Justice League draft. Who's going to pick first? It's a good question. Well, we could either flip a coin or I could just defer to you and if you'd like the first pick. Do you got a coin in I, your pocket? Oddly enough, do. Well, we read Batman. That would be like the two-faced thing to do. So do you want heads or tails? We're flipping right now. Tails never fails, baby. No, tails never fails. Okay. It's tails. Right on. Okay, so Burger gets first pick of the Justice League draft. Here we go. We both get seven characters. This is going to be our Justice League. Burger with the first pick, 30 seconds on the clock. All right, with the first overall pick for Burger's Fantasy Justice League, I'm going to take Batman. We just read Batman. I think that, you know, he is the tactical genius of the team. I think he is human. He is the most vulnerable. And if he has to fight Darkseid, he could get crumpled up real quick. But you know what? You know, what he brings to the squad is, great leadership and a great tactical mind and i would like to have that on my team all right with picks two and three who would you choose i forgot to mention we're doing snake but superman is going to be my first overall pick obviously because he's my favorite character b because he's the best character and c he's one of the smartest characters in all of dc comics so with that kind of leadership it doesn't make any sense to have a justice league without him in it so superman is my pick after superman what i'm gonna add to the team is shazam um because Shazam is another big motherfucking powerhouse and it doesn't make sense to have a Justice League without both of them in it. So there's my uh, number two and three. Since Burger can't pick him, he is on the clock. You stupid bitch. That's why I didn't take Superman or Shazam first. (laughs) I was going to take Shazam. Well, fuck you, man. Well, if that's the case, I'm going to take the Spectre. Oh, shit. Because fuck you, dude. Because, you know, the wrath of God is going to go and he's going to go shit on whoever he deems terrible. And, you know, if 
God doesn't want to deem our threat terrible, I'm also going to follow that up with Dr. Fate. Ah, oh, shit. Because he go hard as hell, bro. So, you know, get the hell out of here after fucking jacking my dude. Okay. <laughs> so, back-to-back picks. Okay, so I'm going to go with the Flash just because nobody's fucking faster and he can create a whole fucking multiverse. Which so, one? Uh, let's go Wally West. Oh, you're pussy. Okay, so that, <laughs> that is off my list. Um, number number two, let's see over here. I am going to pick Martian Manhunter. Cool dude, definitely slept on. Still one of the strongest DC characters in comics and kind of like a voice of reason. So I'm going to go with Martian Manhunter for my fourth overall pick. Back to you for your fourth and fifth pick, Burger. Fourth and fifth, I'm going to go with Wonder Woman because she's beefy and strong and I don't have really many of them left on the board. And I'm going to take Mary Marvel because he took Shazam like a backstabbing dick. So I'm going to take his sister who's pretty comparable in strength. (laughs) Okay, dude. Well, (laughs) for my fifth pick then, since you uh, picked Wonder Woman, I'm going to pick Zatanna. We'll get a chick in the squad. Best at magic. And since I have Superman, which his only weaknesses are kryptonite, and magic. I'm going to throw Zatanna in there. And since we're going with somebody from the Justice League Dark, I'll also throw in Swamp Thing just because he's cool. He's got one of the best runs in comics and he makes up like all of fucking Earth that's not the fucking ocean. So uh, <laughs> back to you for your, for My your final pick. two. Yeah, for your final two. All right. So uh, because I'd, I'd need a powerhouse that's not crazy like the Spectre, I'm going to go with John Stewart Green Lantern because not only is he a bit more old more smart more tactical but he's one of the stronger green lanterns in my opinion and to wrap it up maybe my biggest powerhouse on the team other than wonder woman i'm gonna go with lobo um he's more of an anti-hero but you know what he's coming with the squad anyways damn near impossible to kill and he can damn near fight superman one-on-one so you know i'll take my chances i think that's a solid league dude my last pick would be Hawkman. I would flirt with the idea of doing a lantern like you, but you probably took my favorite lantern. So uh, because Hawkman kind of serves as like a space cop, I'm going to pick Hawkman as my very last pick. Good choice. I really like your league or I kind of came up with the assignment, but also misunderstood it at the same time. So I didn't get off to the start that I wanted. Uh, <laughs> and you just started snatching up all my homies on me. But you know, that's fine. So that's I how mean, fantasy works. Yeah, I guess so. But <laughs> <laughs> you thought we was boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought. Guess oh, not, bro. Weird. You won't catch Awkward. us next time. Alrighty. <laughs> this is it, bro. CBJ's done, bitch. All so, right. <laughs> but after we're done being done, next episode, uh, <laughs> we're going to deliver Infinite Crisis. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good one. Jeff Johns, you can't go wrong with that. And, you know, it's going to be kind of one of them full circle stories that'll kind of tie into our crisis episode, which if you haven't heard, you can go back and listen to and our full catalog anywhere you listen to podcasts. All right. Well, that's everything I have. Same here. Thank you, guys. All right, guys. Appreciate it. And as usual, you know, all of our social media plugs. So uh, if you have any questions, just let us know. And uh, otherwise, uh, we'll see you next time. Later.